Hey everybody, welcome to Beyond Grit with me, Robert Young. So this week's guest is John Salter. John is a MMA fighter um, with Bellator, and he's the middleweight fighter. He owns a gym, the Salty Dog, in Wilmington, um, right here in North Carolina. He's been all over, um, all the way from the West Coast back to the East Coast. We talk about his training, what goes into it, what got him started into fighting in MMA. And um, he's not uh, a spring chicken. You know, he's in his uh, early 30s, and, but he's just got drive every single day drive and drive and his biggest thing is just going to outwork everybody and that's what it takes so i hope you enjoy our conversation it's kind of cool to get beyond the scenes of uh, mma and talk to a fighter and really hear what goes into it on a day-to-day basis so sit back enjoy and we'll see you next week John, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Um, so you're over in Wilmington, eh? Yeah, yeah. I live in Wilmington, North Carolina now. Yeah. The beach. Are you a beach guy? I am. <laughs> I'm out uh, on the water or on the beach all the time. Are you? And you've got a uh, you've got a gym over there too, don't? Is that your yep. gym or are you just the head yeah. coach? Uh, Salty Dog Jiu-Jitsu is mine. We're located and we're partners with Port City Sports Performance okay. uh, here in Wilmington, which is a big, uh, you know, sports-based gym. Okay. What are you doing nowadays? Uh, just training all the time and, uh, you know, staying ready and should be fighting uh, in August. So just staying ready for that right now. Okay. And are you still in the middleweight? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Still, still 185. 185. So you're fighting um, for Bellator, right? Yeah, yeah, I fight for Bellator. Um, I used to fight for the UFC a while ago, but I've been in Bellator for a while now. I like it a lot there. It's a uh, good fit. Okay. Does it take you all around, or do you fight yeah, mostly uh, local? Where Where are your fights usually at? Uh, I mean, I've I fought. Uh, my last fight was Connecticut. Uh, the one before that was Oklahoma, and then um, you know I fought in. Italy and uh, Israel, I've fought in Canada three times, you know, just all over. Um, it's always somewhere different, you know, it's never. The only place I've fought uh, multiple times is actually Oklahoma. Everywhere else has been uh, different places every time. Oh, okay. Oklahoma. Did, um, well, you guys are starting to roll out of the, the COVID thing and being able to train, and you do a lot of grappling, you do a lot of jujitsu, correct? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, I grapple a lot. Of, my background's in wrestling, so uh, you know it lends me towards grappling a lot. How was that? How difficult was that to to train through COVID? Um, you know, the thing is, in North Carolina, there was a stipulation, uh, or I guess a, a loophole, where pro athletes and college athletes 
could still train during COVID. Oh, so, okay. us being professional athletes, we had a few college wrestlers here, um, and then we need our training partners, you know. So we were able to keep a small core group going the whole time. We never uh, never stepped away. It was just, you know, we even though we could legally be in the gym, we had people, you know, nosy neighbors that are calling and saying, uh, you know, people are in, the, in a gym and they shouldn't be. So, you know, just to kind of – take the pressure off the police of having the show we had to change and train late at night and stuff like that but uh but luckily in north carolina like i said pro athletes could continue to train so it helped us out a lot so were you you were getting the police called on you guys oh yeah uh and you know the police show up you know it's professional athletes it's following the law and well all right guys nothing we can do about it we'll just if they call again we have to come back okay so they were pretty good about about it oh yeah they were they were very uh understanding and nice you know and uh you know they, they didn't want to uh, no. do anything they didn't you know about something like that especially since we were following uh all our all the laws and everything yeah now are you um are you still ranked number one in middleweight and uh all uh, right yeah i'm uh i'm the number one uh contender right now um the champion is gaygard nasasi who is out of holland Okay. Uh, so that hopefully we can, now, hopefully we can make that fight happen soon. Okay. Now, do you think that that? I was looking, you know, on the the site, and there are a lot of middleweight guys in there, and most of them have you know five fights, four fights, and um, you're you're at eighteen, eighteen four and zero, right? Yes. Yep. And and eighteen fights. Um, is that 18 fights career or 18 since you've been in that league in Bellator? That's, uh, so I've had 20, uh, 22 fights in my career. Um, and I guess I, I, I roughly 10 were in Bellator. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm just giving you a rough number, something like 10. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure exactly what, what the number is. Do you train year round or do you have kind of seasons? Yeah, I train year-round. Usually, typically, you know, you fight two to three times a year. Um, through COVID, obviously, it's been a little slower. But, you know, we stay stay active all the time, stay busy, stay ready, because, um, you know, you never know when the right opportunity is going to jump up and you need to be ready. And uh, even outside of that, you know, just always trying to get better. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, you know, um, your start – is and and what you had mentioned before was in wrestling and you you had the other sports and then you found wrestling and that kind of became your passion growing up yeah. as a kid yeah i started wrestling when i was 12 years old and uh just really uh something i enjoyed and i, I clung to it and you know wrestled through high school and then uh went and wrestled in college and when i was wrestling in college that's when i got introduced to mma and um just kind of took off from there first. It was just something that's kind of fun hobby to do on the side. Um, and then I, uh, after I graduated college, I went to grad school for a little bit and I started fighting while I was in grad school and, um, turned pro. And then, you know, just kind of made the decision that, uh, I need to pursue this if I'm, you know, full time, if that's what I'm going to try and do and I'll take it as far as I can. And it ended up, uh, going well. Yeah. And you, you started, um, with um, 
a lot you fell into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, correct? Yeah, that was, uh, you know, I was still in college. I didn't, uh, I, you know, thought kickboxing probably isn't going to help me a whole lot with wrestling. Brazilian jiu-jitsu at least keeps me active uh, in grappling and on the mat. So I started doing jiu-jitsu a little bit in college um, and then really liked it a lot, fell in love with it, and then really took off with that after I got out of college, uh, started kickboxing uh, right after I got out of college as well. But jiu-jitsu has always been something I've, uh, enjoyed a lot and uh, really picked up quickly and uh, competed in more. So, uh, you know, I don't compete in kickboxing. I either compete in MMA or jiu-jitsu. And typically MMA, you know, more than anything, just because that's where the money is. Yeah. You, uh, you've you traveled quite a bit. Is it a travel for the, the sport? Because, I mean, you, you grew up in Alabama. You lived in Nashville. California, here in North Carolina. What what kind of brought you to all those different places? Uh, well, you know, I, I wrestled in college in Missouri, and then I came back to Alabama. And I'd already been talking to the guys that have been trying to recruit me up to Nashville uh, to train there. And I almost pulled the trigger to go, and then I decided, you know, I'm going to wait uh, another year. I'm going to turn pro, fight a few pro fights, and then I'll go there. And then I met my wife, who was already planning on moving to Nashville, so that kind of worked out well. Um, and then when I was in Nashville, I had a great gym and just started kind of falling apart for the MMA side. The, the rest of the jiu-jitsu and everything was going well, but the MMA team was kind of falling apart. So uh, I got asked to come out and uh, join the pro team at Dethrone Base Camp in California, and they were able to set me up as the head jiu-jitsu instructor out there. Uh, to kind of help with the move and everything. So jumped on that, went out there, and then uh, after being in California for a while, you know, we, we knew we weren't going to stay in California long. We wanted to um, make a move eventually, and then we kind of out of the blue got the opportunity to move to Wilmington and uh, didn't know if it was going to be somewhere we could last long uh, as far as uh, how training would go and everything. But then when we got here, we loved it, and it took off, and, uh, ended up starting Salty Dog Jiu-Jitsu, and it's just uh, really going great. Everything since we've come to Wilmington has gone exactly the way we hoped it would. Oh, good. North Carolina is a great state. Uh, I, we do love it here. It's great. Yeah. I mean, I'm from Michigan, and we moved down here 10 years ago. We are in the Charlotte area. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, funny that I've never been to Wilmington yet. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's very you know it's not too. I go to Charlotte a pretty good bit. I train in uh, Gastonia. Um, okay. A pretty good bit, and uh, so it's not it's not too far. It's about three and a half hour drive to get to Wilmington. Yeah, and you, uh, how's your your uh, your wife been with you being in this sport? Uh, when I met her, I, I believe I was already uh, had three pro fights when I met her, so she's she's never known anything else uh, in our relationship. You know, she maybe a month into our relationship, she was in uh, Illinois for my fourth pro fight. Um, you know, so she's traveled to most fights I've had since we've been together. And, um, you know, she just, she doesn't know anything else. She just, she won't know what to think when the day comes and I don't fight anymore. Yeah. Does she come to all your fights? Uh, most all of them. Uh, there's been, you know, she wasn't at the last one because of COVID. She couldn't travel to that. 
And I think uh, there was one, we were actually in the process of moving to North Carolina when I fought um, in uh, Temecula, California. Mm-hmm. And she was already in the process of setting everything up in North Carolina. So there's just no way for her to make it to that one. But I think she's been to every other one. Uh, I don't think she's missed anything else. No. And you guys just had a baby? Is it? Or We uh, did. We've got, we got a three-month-old. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so she's doing great. Yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. that's a life change, isn't it? Yeah, it's been great. Uh, she's been really easy. Uh, you know, I know everybody tells you the horror stories. We haven't had any of that yet. Um, hopefully, we don't. But no. uh, we're not we're not the biggest. Uh, we know we're not going for parent of the year award. We're just going for they got it done. Yeah. And so I think uh, she knew she better be a good baby with us because uh, we weren't good enough to handle a bad baby. So she's made it easy on us. Oh my God, that's fantastic! It is. You know, I. Mine are uh, my son's eighteen. He's graduating, uh, or he graduated from high school, and then my daughter's twenty. And uh, we had him fairly early. I think I was twenty-seven. Yeah. And like you said, you know, they're we're not parents of the year, but they survived. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going for. Oh my, they've so far they survived. Does your um, does your wife work? She does. Um, she's in uh, capital cell, capital equipment sales. Excellent. You, yeah, um, she's, go ahead. Uh, she's, a, she's the kind of person that could sell anybody anything. So it's really good for her. That is good. Did, uh, so the sports evolved quite a bit, you know, since your beginning. Um, what do you, do you like how it's kind of evolved? Um, it's, it's gained quite a bit in popularity. Um, what do you, what do you feel? Yeah, it, it's changed a lot, in, uh, you know, e- even just in how people fight, it's changed so much. And obviously, you know, it's a lot more popular. People are, uh, you know, you got better athletes getting involved. you got all kinds of stuff like that. But, you know, it used to be, uh, there was a time when I got into MMA, you take somebody down, you put them against the cage, the fight's over, you know. Mm. And now it's a completely different world. you got guys you're trying to keep people off the cage because people are so good at getting up using the cage. And, um, you know, you've got people bringing in, uh, different type of striking that, you know, you 90, 99% of the people can't use it effectively. And you get that one guy that can you, hard. He's hard to prep for, you know, so things have changed a lot uh, as far as styles and things like that. And it's just, it's hard to stay on top of it and evolve with it. But that's where training a lot of different places is so important because you see so many different things, you know, and that's why I try to train with as many people as I can just to make sure I'm seeing everything that's happening in the sport, not getting surprised by something. How far in advance do you guys know who you're going to fight? Uh, usually eight to 12 weeks. Um, typically, you know, it's all, it's typically it's 12 weeks, but with COVID um, things have changed because you just, you don't know what venues are going to be available. You don't know who's going to be able to get their visa renewed, you, you know, all kinds of things like that. So, it is different right now because of COVID, but I think we're about to get past that in the next six months. Do you watch, uh, so having that time frame, do you watch tape and, and watch the other fighters who you're going to fight? Is it Does it get that detailed? Yeah, I mean, normally you watch a lot of film on fighters, but I'm at a point now where most all the people I fight, I've known who they are for a long time. Um, and I've seen them fight a lot, you know, uh, so I, I might go back and 
rewatch certain fights or something just to see what they're doing in a certain spot. But um, you definitely want to be prepared as possible. But, uh, you know, once you get to a point where you're fighting known people, you usually know pretty much what they're going to do. Do you, uh, what is, so as you come up and you're fighting, it's very intense. I mean, grappling, getting punched and kicked and different things like that. What's the longevity in the sport? And is there like a sweet spot of age or do you get better as you go? I mean, what's the longevity in your sport? Well, I think obviously everybody's a little different. Um, I think different weight classes are different. You know, uh, small weights are more of a young person's sport, you know, especially the 125s and 135s. Usually that's the younger guys are doing really well there. As you get up, you know, to my weight, 205 heavyweight, usually you're getting more into guys that are, older that are more successful because you know it just it takes so long to learn everything you know i mean you never learn everything obviously but to be better and uh even not necessarily learning just to be more efficient at everything so a lot of times you get the guys that are um you know in their late 30s that are you know the best guys in the world sometimes you get guys in their 40s that are the you know one of the best guys in the world so typically i would say your mid thirties is your prime. And by the time you're hitting your late 30, you know, 38, 39, uh, you're probably, uh, on your way out, but not always some guys, mm-hmm. you know, there's guys out there that are in their early forties that are terrifying. So you just never know. Everybody's a little different. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things people do is, and I have to always tell, make myself not do this. You know, I, I've been wrestling for a long time. I've been in this sport for a long time it's easy to get to the point of, well, I'll kind of go through the motions of training until I have a fight coming up and then I'll pick it up. And that's when you stop getting better. And once you stop getting better, people start catching you. And uh, then, you know, that's when uh, you're getting close to time to hang it up. So it's got to be one of those things where you've got to be hungry every day. And guys lose that a lot when they get older, you know? Mm. I was talking to uh, an ex NFL player and he went from college and and then went into the NFL and he said it was kind of the same thing that it now it's a business and he said every play in practice game is the same it's the same intensity because just yeah. like you said there's there's these young kids coming up and they want your spot and all it takes yeah. is you to let off that gas a little bit and boom they're going to get yeah. you that and I think that's absolutely it you know there's always somebody that wants to be where you are and the second you take for granted where you are somebody's coming to take it um and uh it, you know it, the intensity thing i think is so important for two reasons you get better and uh you know you don't get you're less likely to get injured when you do everything intensely and uh i, I know i used to train with josh koscheck and it always drove me nuts but he was always right about it that whenever you're tired and you're exhausted at the end of the week you got to be more intense and uh, I think that's where guys start getting injured all the time. They start going through the motions of things, you know, mm. and uh, that's when it gets dangerous. Do you have off days? Oh, uh, yeah, I take Sunday off completely. Um, and then I'll have another day during the week that I'll typically, uh, it might be, you know, a little, I'll take a little lighter. I definitely, I don't have days where I just don't train other than Sunday. But I might, like today, um, I've got four sessions today where typically they would, uh, 
two of them will be live sessions and the other will be technique. I might make all four of them technique sessions um, just to let my body recover, you know, for a day. Yeah. It's got to take a little bit longer. I mean, how old are you, 36? Yeah, I'm 36 now. Yeah. It's got to take a little bit longer to recover, um, even even though you, you stay healthy and keep your body going. It's still, it's not 25. Yeah. The other thing I've found as I get older is diet's so important, you know, for recovery. Um, and uh, when I was younger, I, I didn't eat uh, right. You know, I just trained and ate whatever I wanted. And I was always in good shape. But I was always ran down, always tired. I needed naps during the day between sessions and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, now that I eat a lot cleaner, um, I think it helps with injuries a lot, but it also helps with, you know, not being so run down and exhausted all the time. Are you, do you follow some type of keto or paleo or macro type diet? No, no, I'm not really super strict on anything. I mostly just stay away from gluten. Okay. Um, cause you know, with it being an inflammatory, um, and it, uh, kind of, you know, runs me down a little bit when I, if I eat too much gluten or anything like that. So I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm gluten free or anything like that, but I stay away from it mostly. Um, and I just, if I stick to that, I usually, I feel pretty good and I don't have any problems. So from a normal, regular person, do you ever wake up in the morning after a fight and go like, what in the hell happened to me or why am I doing this? Or do you have this switch in your head that says, I'm going to go out there and just train harder now? I mean, there's always that, you know, it's not usually after it's more of a before, like, what am I doing? Why am I here? Why, you know, why have I made the decisions that I've got to go fight somebody tonight? Uh. Um, so, you know, that's, it's tough. You know, you go through that for sure. Um, but then, you know, you go out there, you win, and it's all worth it. And on the rare occasions there's a loss, then, you know, it's just more of a drive to, I can't stand for somebody to be better than me. You know, it drives me nuts that there's somebody out there that either thinks they're better than me or is trying to be better than me. And um, so that's just, I can't stand that. So uh, that just kind of pushes me that even though, you know, there's days you wake up, like, oh, I'm so sore, I don't feel like I can even get out of bed. You know, there's somebody out there that is getting out of bed and training. So that's just the drive. That's what works for me. I know everybody needs a different thing to motivate them. Um, that's all it takes for me, you know. Yeah, it's so mental. And the more I talk to people and athletes, it's so mental. And it's and it's funny that I didn't even think about um, how you guys feel before uh, a match. I always look at, you know, you guys are out there chest to chest with each other doing whatever and it's got to be you know in your head like you said like what am i doing you know (laughs) what am i doing here i gotta go fight somebody yeah because you know it's not a i think people always look at like i can go do that and anybody can you know but when you know that you're essentially every fight's a life changing experience either for for good or better you know you win uh, you just took a huge step in the right direction of everything. You know, you take a loss, you just took a big step back. And uh, it's so just that, knowing every single time you step in the cage, something's going to change big time. Yeah. Um, you know, and that just, it, it's a lot, a lot of pressure. Um, and it's, it's terrifying. You know, it's not terrifying when I go out there and get punched, but it's, it's terrifying what the result is going to mean. Yeah. 
because you don't have a lot of opportunities. I mean, when you when you really look at your your fights, eighteen and four, twenty two. Now, if you go yeah. in there and all of a sudden you start losing and lose another one and lose another one, that's not good. Yeah, you don't get a whole lot of uh, you know third and fourth chances in the sport. You know, there there's always somebody else that's hungry, and especially you know you see guys that when you see guys at the top tier, they get cut um, and released, you know, from the organizations pretty quick because, you know, they're making a good, uh, a good chunk of money because they've been there for a while and all of a sudden they're not performing and they go, well, we can get rid of this guy, bring in a young guy for a lot less and uh, hopefully he'll perform. If he doesn't, we'll get rid of him and use somebody else, you know? So um, later in your career is typically when you're making, you know, more money and that's when it really gets, even more risky that you can't make many mistakes or you just won't be there much longer, you know? Yeah. Now you make uh, money from the organization for the fights and when you win the fights and then do you make money on your sponsors also? How does the revenue come in? Yeah. Typically, you know, obviously the the majority of what you make is going to be paid for, you know, paid by the organization for your fights. Um, but then, you know, you get sponsorship money as well. Um, and, you know, everybody's different there. Some guys get more, some guys get less. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's where the majority of it's going to come from. Um, you know, and then you get, you might get little things here and there, other endorsements that aren't part of the fight, stuff like that. But, um, you know, that, that's all obviously negotiable. Um, but, you know, the majority of your pay is going to come from the organization you fight for unless it's some just freak situation. The sponsorship money's not what it used to be um, at one time, just because I think there's so many people in the sport uh, or so many different, uh, it used to be what tap out was one of the brands and there was sprawl and a couple of brands like that. They had a huge market share, you know, they're paying a lot of money to be involved. And now there's just every brand out there and, there's different ways to advertise. So they're not putting in that huge amount of money into advertising on fight shorts anymore, you know? Yeah. With, um, I was looking at the, the losses and do you guys feel there's either submission, you can lose by submission. TKO is, is a loss, a loss like shit. I lost. Or is there, I would rather get knocked out than submission? Or do you guys even care about that? I think the only thing that really matters is that, you know, if you get knocked out, there's always that chance um, that, you know, your chin's not going to come back the same. You know, and mm-hmm. unless they knock out, like a true knockout, like hit, you go out. You know, um, you know, a lot of times it doesn't affect, there's people, their whole career it never affects them. And there's people that get knocked out one time, and they're never the same, you know? So I think that's the, uh, the only real fear I think in, in the way that you get beat would be any kind of clean knockout completely could be a, a real problem on your ability to get knocked out again. It, explain that. Uh, you know, I mean, you've got, you know, the nerves in your chin that cause knockouts. Uh, some people, it's a lot harder to knock them out than other, you know, you say people have a glass chin, um, they just get knocked out really easy, but there's been people in the past that they, uh, get hit, you know, they can take a shot from anybody in the world 
And then when they finally do get knocked out, their chin's never the same again. They're, it's easier to knock them out. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's the big thing. You know, everyone will become that person that, uh, just getting touched on the chins at the end, you know? So, oh, man. um, that's, uh, I'd say that's probably the, the biggest fear as far as a, a big knockout that will you be the same after? Yeah. Do you look at the sport and people that are in it and how, um, like concussions and brain injuries and stuff like that? Is that still pretty prevalent or? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that kind of stuff's going to happen. Um, you don't have as many, uh, you know, like long term brain damage in MMA like you have in boxing where you're getting hit, knocked down, get back up, knocked down, get back up. You know, that's more of a long-term problem. It definitely happens in MMA, um, but it's not as big of a deal as it is in boxing. But concussions obviously happen a good amount of time. Anytime you're really any kind of contact sport, concussions are going to happen, you know. And um, then it's just about being smart, taking your time off. Uh, I've known some people that have had concussions and didn't take time off and had a real hard time getting back into anything, you know, and, I've been very fortunate. I've never had, if I have ever had concussion, I've never had one that's affected me um, past my head hurting for a day, you know. Okay. So, um, but every, everybody's different. You know, people get it uh, easily. I'm, I'm one of the best kickboxers I've ever known uh, doesn't fight anymore because of concussion that he just couldn't get over. <sighs> now, there was a couple things, you know, on uh, – that we asked you guys about and, and struggles and challenges. And one of them was injuries. And do you, do you get nagging injuries from training or both fighting and training and overcoming those injuries? Uh, I mean, you know, nagging injuries are going to happen. That's annoying. You just got to deal with that, you know, but I did have a, a herniated a disc in my neck um, and, in a training camp for a fight. And uh, ended up costing me the fight because I just I couldn't turn my head, I couldn't push my head, I couldn't really do anything. And uh, you know, came back, I won two more fights after that, and then I was competing at Pan Am's in jiu-jitsu and had uh, my first match was against the it was a you know black belt uh, Pan Am's. It was my first black belt tournament ever, and uh, beat a Pan Am champ my first match but my arm was still going numb from my neck being messed up. And that's when I finally just made the decision. I'm going to go ahead and get the surgery that I need to get through this. Mm. And uh, since then I've been good, but that was an injury that lasted about two years. It was a really hard thing to get through. It really affected my training a lot. And, uh, you know, it cost me a fight and it cost me a long time in my career because it was a pretty big fight that was going to be a big step in the right direction. And it was somebody that I should i mean i i dominated for a round and then you know, my body just kind of started shutting down because i couldn't move my head and um so you know that that was a hard one to get over um other than that it was definitely the worst injury i've had and had to deal with um but you know, like i said uh, surgery uh was very positive for me some people don't have uh positive turnouts from their surgeries on their necks but it was huge for me and uh was life-changing in a good way yeah now were you the one that called that fight and said like my neck's messed up. Like No, no I ended up, uh, I took the guy down and just couldn't move. Once I took him down, I couldn't lift my head and uh, ended up getting choked. Ah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, God. With, uh, in, with the training, how many coaches do you have that, um, 
are your coaches that coach you? Um, I've got a kick. Uh, I got a boxing coach, and then I've got a kind of just overall coach. I've got a, a jiu-jitsu coach, but we're not. You know, I say he's my coach. He gave me my black belt. We don't get to train together much. He's in Nashville, um, so he's not like a hands-on coach. But I have two hands-on coaches. I got one that's just kind of my overall MMA coach, and then a boxing coach. And who is with you um, in the ring in between rounds that minute? Where they come and um, kind of take care of you a little bit? Well, you, you normally take three corners. Um, so my overall, my MMA coach, he usually stays on the outside, talks to me from there. And then my other two corners are two, train, two of my – one training partner I had for a long time. We don't train together anymore. He's just a good friend of mine. And then another one's one of my current training partners. So one of them will usually come in, deal with everything that's going on there, and then my coach sits on the outside and talks to me from there. And you can hear your coach pretty good when you're in there, when you're fighting? Uh, yeah, typically, you know, you kind of try to focus on hearing what they're saying. Um, you know, I don't know how much, <laughs> once you're in there, you're in there, you know, but yeah. it is good to have somebody just talking to you through everything. Do you remember your first fight, your first MMA fight? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, that was uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, I got it at a promoter, it was an amateur fight. Brother tried to lie to me about the guy's record and everything to try and I don't know if he's trying to set me up or not, but convince me to fight this guy. I was fine with it. And I uh, I TKO'd him in the second round. Okay. Were you? How old were you? I was 22. Oh. I was just graduated college. Were you just full of piss and vinegar, like ready to go, <laughs> or were you like, were you a little nervous uh, going into it? Uh, I was really excited because I was wanting to do it for a long time. So uh, I was kind of, I see these guys that are all gung-ho amateurs. And I want to remind them, like, hey, you're amateur. you got a long career ahead of you. And then I remember I was the same way when I was an amateur. Just couldn't wait to get up there and fight for free, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny, the stuff that we do for free? I know it. And now I look back and look out, the dumbest thing I ever did was fight for free. <laughs> oh, man. the uh, Where do you see, you know, yourself – moving through the sport do you do you feel like uh, i got i've got years left or i know you don't uh, want to look I'll, at retirement i know that that's not I something hope. especially when you're still fighting but oh i can't wait to retire <laughs> um but uh i hope that uh hope a bell tour champ by the end of the year that's my plan mm-hmm. and then you know I'll defend the title um you know over the next couple of years and hopefully be retired and you know uh 38, 39, something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that would that would probably be exactly where I want to be. Now, when you're the champ, do you defend that title? Is that once a year or twice a year that you're defending that title? Uh, I, I think, you know, you're a minimum of once a year, twice a year if you want. So that would be, I'd like to stay active, um, you know, and, and do it often. What's your, what do you see yourself as, uh, what's your t- retirement? As far as timeline or what? No, it's like, what do you picture yourself doing? Sitting on the beach? Oh, well, travel? I'll still, I'll still coach, uh-huh. um, you know, a good bit. Uh, I enjoy that. I've got a lot of friends in the gym, but I will fish a lot more. Okay. Do you I sit do... here looking at, the, uh, looking at the offshore weather all the time, and, it, you know, it's a beautiful day, and I'm, uh, you know, in the gym training and just 
counting down the days till I don't have to be in gym training. I can be out there fishing. You do a lot of offshore fishing? That's what I prefer. I don't do much because I train all the time, mm-hmm. but I prefer to go offshore. Okay. Do you have your own boat or do you just go with somebody? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've got my own boat. And the, the gym, do you, how many members do you have over there? Um, so, you know, I don't know exactly. I, I, I would have to look. We've got maybe 110 to 120, something like that, probably. That's really good. Most of them, I, I would think, are recreational. Yeah, yeah. We don't have a huge gym, but for the size of our gym, we have a very uh, high-level gym. I mean, you know, out of that amount of people, we've got 10 black belts in the gym, so that's um, you know, it's a pretty high number of black belts for the size of the gym. And then we have probably, out of that, 120 people, we probably have 40 people that compete. That's really good. Yeah, I, I think it's a pretty good um, kind of break up there. And then, you know, all the guys, you know, everybody other than that, I say guys, guys and girls that just like to come in and train. And I, you know, I like that too. I enjoy having uh, them in there too. With um, That's a lot of competitors um, for one area. Or am I just, I just don't know what I'm talking about. Um, You know, for our for the size of our gym, it is a lot. It's a lot of, uh, you know, the ratio is high on that. Um, and I think it's kind of people just get into it for fun and then decide they want to train. Um, but you know, Wilmington is realistic, has a lot of guys that want to compete in jiu-jitsu. It's just, it's really weird. Nobody will compete with people in Wilmington. So you have to travel for competitions. Where do they travel mostly to? Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, it seems like there's a pretty big jiu-jitsu um, following around here, too. Yeah, Charlotte's got a lot. I've never done it, and I've I've wanted to do it. And uh, I just thought that I'm 49. I'm not the biggest guy. Um, but I, I always feel like I'm lacking in that um, ability to defend yourself. And I, I like the concept of jujitsu and being able to work that body. And, you know, it, it doesn't always have to be with size. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, we get a, a lot of people that that's what they want, you know, and that's that's really what jujitsu is for, you know, um, before anything else. It's for controlling people that are bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Well,. I think I got a lot of stuff. So what do you, I mean, we looked at you coming up. We looked at you. I've got you retired and fishing and I've got <laughs> you onto your next, uh, match as the, uh, to, to get the champion belt. So we covered quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, I think we got a pretty good bit of stuff in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I appreciate your time. Where can people, um, find you? Uh, you can find me. I don't do a whole lot of social media. I get on uh, Instagram. Uh, so John Salter MMA on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook too, but chances of me seeing a message or anything are probably not great there. Mm-hmm. Um, but message me on Instagram and I'll see it. All right. Give another shout out for your gym too. Yeah. Salty Dog Jiu Jitsu here in uh, Wilmington. So if you're in town and you want to train, make sure to come by. All right, man. Thanks, John. I appreciate you right, sitting down you. with me. Have a good one. Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye.